Faithwire.com. Is being though kidnapped in Haiti. Today's Monday, October 25th, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have this top story and more on today's four and three podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. You can find us on iTunes. We're here Monday through Friday. Would love to have you with us and joining me. Today, as always, is Trey Goins Phillips from FaithWire.com with a look at what's coming up. What's going on, Trey? Hey, Dan. Happy Monday to you. So we are going to be talking about the the Prime Minister of New Zealand is seemingly gleefully uh, admitting (laughs) that she wants to create two classes of people uh, in her Hmm. country uh, between the vaxxed and unvaxxed. Uh, And atheists are scrambling to block Operation Christmas Child because nothing can just be... (laughs) Nice. Like, we can't have good things. Can't have nice things. Can't have them. (laughs) Uh, Then uh, we'll end on a good note. Jordan Peterson's daughter, Michaela, uh, has apparently become a Christian, and she's talking about Mm. her faith in her podcast. So we'll get into some of those details. All right. Sounds good. And uh, on that New Zealand story, that that, uh, prime minister there, sounding an awful lot like Noam Chomsky, who is also trending today. (laughs) And uh, we'll, we'll compare that there. Uh, in just a couple minutes, but let's start with story number one. It's been 10 days since 17 Haitian missionaries uh, have been kidnapped, and there has been no progress uh, that at least has been made public. Here are three things you need to know, starting with number one, the details. Late last week, a video was released by one of the gang members uh, in Haiti demanding at least $1 million per victim or else he'd start killing them. His name was Wilson Joseph, and he's one of the leaders of the 400 Mazoa gang. And he said he'll shoot uh, these hostages, which includes 16 Americans and one Canadian and five children, uh, if his group's demand for $1 million in ransom for each hostage is not met. He also threatened the chief of police and the prime minister, saying, I will make you cry blood. U.S. officials are said to be investigating that video. It's uh, uncertain exactly what they're doing with that. Uh, Loved ones of the kidnapped family members called for a day of prayer and fasting in hopes that they would be released unharmed. Uh, The U.S. Embassy has issued an alert to telling Americans to avoid all unnecessary travel to Haiti. Uh, And in the midst of all this, as they're trying to figure out how to uh, get these people home safely, the head of Haiti's national police just resigned. The FBI, the FBI does say they have a team on the ground there in Port-au-Prince working closely with Haitian authorities to secure uh, their release. But when you hear that the you know head of the Haiti's national police just resigned, it kind of makes you question what's going on down there. So number two, uh, this is all happening as protests are also ramping up in Haiti. So you see people burning stuff in the streets, uh, violence and unrest after a series of, um, well, other violence when their president was assassinated. Of course, that came on the, you know, then you have natural disasters coming along as well, another earthquake. And you combine that with already crippling poverty. And man, you have an absolute powder keg there in Haiti. And there's some interviews going around. I saw one driver on CBS getting interviewed and he was kind of summing up the situation there in Haiti and said, gangs, they charge extortion fees for everything. And he he said that basically the whole country's controlled by gangs. I mean, they can dictate, for example, where humanitarian aid goes. They can intercept it and just take it for themselves and so forth. Even when we talked to Kate Barto, who's a Haitian missionary who we at CBN and Faithwire have interviewed several times, she just went down there after the earthquake 
And she got accosted by people trying to um, steal their supplies that they were handing out. They were just handing out tarps. Literally all they had was just bags, you know, some tarps so people could put them over their broken huts or homes and roofs in order to stay dry. And they actually had to run in a video that, that is on CBN's YouTube. You could see them. They had to run from place to place when they drop it off to a person because for exactly that reason, they didn't want it to get stolen. So uh, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff going on in Haiti right now. Very dangerous. And um, number three, why does it matter? Obviously, Trey, we need to be in prayer for you know these missionaries and the kidnappers. I think it's important. I know that this Christian organization also asked for that as well, that that yeah. God would lead them to a heart of repentance. And of course, I think just the entire country of Haiti, because it's just in disarray and, and you just have to feel for the people there because they're just trapped in a situation that's so, so difficult. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, even the loved ones, the family members, parents of two of the hostages are calling for prayer for these gang members yeah. and saying, we don't hold any hatred toward you. We just want you to come to Christ, obviously let our children go uh, and come to faith in Christ. So that really speaks to to their faith, like not only the hostages, but also their families who are back home. And I'm sure feeling the absolute horror of being powerless to do anything yeah. uh, at, at this moment. And two, this is just like, I think it's, it's easy to forget because we live in the Western world and we've got the blessing of, of, of the kind of life that we all have. Uh, but like in these developing or third world countries, like th this is just the situation, like they may have a legal system on paper, but it just doesn't, it doesn't translate uh, into reality so often. I've been to El Salvador just several years ago, but um, there it's like the, the people when we first got to the country said, you know, don't necessarily pull over if a police officer is is pulling, you know, is trying to get you to, to go off to the side of the road because they can try to extort you right mm. then. Like, I won't give you a ticket if you give me this much money. Mm. Uh, and a lot of times they'll coordinate with gang members. So it's like the legal system is there. Yeah. And there there are great people, I'm sure, in the legal system who are police officers wanting to do the right thing. But you just can't tell when you're no. in these countries that are so devastated and dealing with so much uh, so much horror in their own way uh, that, that it's just really, really hard to... To, to make the justice system actually work like it's supposed yeah. to on paper. So it's just a dynamic situation. There's a whole lot of complexities that uh, we necessarily wouldn't, uh, wouldn't understand or experience. So there's just a lot to be praying for, but obviously the, the most urgent prayer request is for the safety of these missionaries. Yeah, indeed. So, all right, story number two. So New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern said that her draconian COVID-19 measures, including vaccination mandates, uh, are intended to create two classes of people. Uh, so here are three things you need to know. We'll start number one with the details. Uh, so Ardern made these comments with a big smile, by the way, uh, on the heels of her administration announcing that 90% of New Zealanders need to be vaccinated before they'll begin loosening their COVID restrictions. Uh, here's what she said about wanting to create two classes of people. And she explained a little bit about why it's important to mandate vaccination. So you basically said this is going to be like, well, it's almost like I, you probably don't see it like this, the two different classes of people, if you're vaccinated or if you're unvaccinated, you have all these rights 
if you are vaccinated. That is what it is. So, yep. Yep. Can you describe as you were previously hoping not to be able to, not to have to do that, I guess, when we still mm. look like we could maintain elimination across the whole country. I guess that has now changed because... I think it was less, less because necessarily of the elimination determining that and more because we, of course... Uh, maintained and actually we have managed very high vaccination rates generally without the use of certificates but actually what it's become clear to me is that they're not just a tool to drive up vaccines they're a tool for confidence people who have been vaccinated will want to know that they're around other vaccinated people uh, they want to know that they're in a safe environment it is a way that we can give confidence to those who are going back into hospitality or events uh, and so that is something that I think we should offer to people who have been vaccinated, that confidence that we're doing everything we can to keep them safe and that they can come back out and start enjoying those things safely. So, I mean, like on top of of the, the, the supposed health reasons for the vaccination, she just admitted like, oh, we're putting in place this vaccination mandate and we're putting in place, you know, needing to carry around your papers because it makes people more comfortable, yeah, makes saying, them feel better. Yeah, they're, they're, they're saying all the things out loud now, Trey. Yeah. So uh, number two here, look, those who choose for whatever reason not to get vaccinated uh, also are not going to be as free as those who choose to get vaccinated. Uh, those who don't uh, won't be able to participate in the economy. They won't be able to travel uh, around New Zealand uh, like those who can prove uh, with their papers that they've been vaccinated. So uh, but again, like a great deal of the motivation behind all of this seems to be like what Ardern said is just to make people more comfortable. People are more confident if we can you know, mandate everyone show their papers right. to, to say that they're vaccinated. Uh, so number three, why does it matter? Like anybody and everybody, I think Dan should just, should be bothered by this kind of stuff. Like how gleefully she, she said, Oh yeah. Like we're intending to create two classes of people. I mean, if we were not divided enough already, I don't, I, I just don't know uh, that, that this is going to do anything, but make that problem a whole lot worse. Now, obviously this is New Zealand, but uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that our government is, too too far away from from maybe yeah. switching their position and being all for this kind of stuff yeah well if noam chomsky has anything to say about it he's uh obviously <laughs> one of these american uh, intellectuals and uh, yeah. well and, and he was out there he's going viral today for saying basically the same thing that this uh, prime minister just said um uh, that we need to he said i don't think we should mandate these vaccines we should just isolate them Create two classes of people here. It's really, really mind-boggling stuff that I think a lot of people have been warning about. And now yeah. you're starting to, as I said, see the people say these things out loud. And uh, again, this comes back to not having a firm basis. Um, I think having a Christian worldview, you can, you, you have to, you, you can justify how you're supposed to treat other people. You, you have yeah. a basis for that. When you don't have that basis and the government is your highest power, this is what it leads to. And people go, oh, I'll stop it. We're a civilized country. But you can see how quickly that falls apart. Yeah. And I mean, if you just remember, like pre-Biden announcing the vaccine mandate for employers with 100 or more workers. Said he wouldn't do uh, it. Yeah. One, he said he wasn't going to do it. Uh, and two, yeah, the White House said, "Like, oh, we're not going to do an, any sort of uh, any sort of vaccine mandate, but if private companies, like if big corporations, want to do it, we'll give you a blueprint yeah. on how to do it, how to do it best." Uh, so it's just the needle moves pretty quickly, uh, and it's not even subtly moving at this point. No. Um, so you know, I 
I think the the people who have been speaking out are maybe they they might be entitled to say I told you so a little bit at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, hopefully, hopefully they don't get to say it too much because I hope I hope some of this stuff people enough people push back against it that we don't have yeah. a lot of it. Indeed. All right. Story number three: uh, atheist activists. They're at it again, trying to stop Operation Christmas Child, Trey, because obviously that is the danger facing the country today. (laughs) Operation Christmas Child. Whoa. Absolutely. Got to stop it. Here's three things you need to know, starting with number one, the details. Uh, There is an atheist activist group demanding that a Texas school district halt their participation in fundraising efforts for Operation Christmas Child, which, of course, is the annual charity uh, from Samaritan's Purse. So... Our friends at the Freedom From Religion Foundation, they're out of Madison, Wisconsin. They published a statement just a couple days ago, noting that a, quote, concerned district community member reached out to the organization (laughs) to complain uh, that the North Short Elementary School, which is a public school, recently took part in an Operation Christmas Child fundraiser. Dun, dun, dun. It sounds so villainous, doesn't it, Trey? How, I mean, how dare, dare they? they? How dare they get parents to bring toys for kids who otherwise wouldn't get them at Christmas? But I digress. Uh, the Freedom From Religion Foundation co-president, Annie Laurie Gaylor, she asked that the school, quote, swiftly discontinue fundraising for Operation Christmas Child. Uh, they also criticized Reverend Franklin Graham, obviously the president of Samaritan's Purse. They called him a, quote, Outspoken evangelist. <gasps> oh, wow, the drama. Can you even imagine having that title and saying it out loud? An evangelist. I know. Oh. Um, and claiming that he has made, quote, several harmful comments over the years about LGBTQ community and COVID vaccines. Well, what do you say about COVID vaccines? I don't know about that. I mean, I thought he was telling everybody to go get it. Wasn't he yeah, one of the ones? So- yeah, he was the one who said that if uh, Jesus was still walking around on Earth today, he believes he would be vaccinated. So I think ah. people just see evangelical and they just make, so- make they just something make up. something up. Just whatever, whatever, whatever comes to mind, I guess. But uh, number two here, um, speaking of Operation Christmas Child here, let's just take a minute to note that since 1993, more than 188 million kids in over 170 nations have been reached with a shoebox filled with gifts and the gospel message. But is it really harmful, Trey, or against freedom of speech to dare mention the gospel in public school? Does mentioning something equal, quote-unquote, promoting it? And it begs the question for uh, secular atheists that are saying you can't have this view, only our view matters. Does forcing your one view of reality the materialistic, naturalistic worldview onto our school children, does that promote one favored view, one favored way of looking at things in in atheism? That's some food for thought for them there. So number three, um, why does it matter? I mean, Trey, because we allow this utter shunning of Christianity to be the norm, if we allow it. Uh, I think then we're only going to have ourselves to blame when God's just completely absent from public places like public schools. And yeah. then uh, and then I'll just add this, it's also a friendly reminder that maybe it's time for Christians to reconsider putting their kids in public schools. I'm just saying. 
Yeah, there's not a whole lot of upside uh, to public schools these days, certainly for Christians, but really, I think for anybody. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, which is a sad, sad. reality. Sad, because there's so many great teachers. I mean, yes. I, you know, everybody's got knows a great teacher and um, it's not it's not all individual teachers here. It's just this system and this environment has just gone so PC and yeah. favoring the naturalist, the materialist, the atheist, the woke sort of worldview you're, you know, you're kind of forced to go down that road. I feel bad for a lot of these teachers that are in that situation. Yeah. And, you know, I think we've bought into this. It's a sad, sad reality, but I think we've bought into like, so Christianity or like American culture, those two things are not actually cultures. Like they, they're, they're basically nothing like, so there's nothing in them, but we can celebrate other things. So like we can celebrate Judaism, which I'm all all for celebrating and learning about it. We can celebrate Islam and we can learn more about the Muslim faith. I'm fine to learn more about all this stuff. But the sad thing is, is that we've said that those are cultures that are worth celebrating, uh, you know, American culture or Christianity, like those things are just kind of nothing like blah. We just need to move on from those. But right. it's like it, th- those are aspects of culture. You may not like them, uh, but they're aspects of culture and they're worth celebrating and learning about and certainly exposing kids to. Uh, and I, I think you, you raise a good point, Dan, about um, the naturalistic and evolutionary way. Uh, n- these aren't proven. Like these are just no. a, a, a theory, a, a hypothesis of maybe of maybe how the earth came into existence right. and it's you know i guess you could they're they're proselytizing uh, the evolutionary way yeah. of of our existence uh, so i think it's fair game to introduce christianity and certainly creationism uh, as you know this is also a viable option um but all of that is kind of removed from the fact that i don't think it's really doing anybody any harm to fill shoe boxes with toys and ship <laughs> right. them to kids who don't have right. them for christmas right yeah it's this heaven forbid somebody you know, gets catches a little glimpse of the gospel message there in a box, and you know, yeah. oh, we can't do that. It's bad, bad, bad. So, all right, story number four. So, Jordan Peterson's daughter said earlier this month that she has found God. Uh, here are three things you need to know. We'll start number one with the details. Uh, so, Peterson's daughter Michaela said that her conversion to Christianity was very sudden, and she said it even took her by surprise. Uh, but ever since, she said she's been praying consistently and she reads her Bible uh, every day, which she said has given her a peace uh, that she's never experienced before. And she said she even described the piece as absurd. Hmm. Uh, it's like, I've just, I, this is, I don't have any sort of metric to, to gauge this against. And said it's just, it's, it's odd to feel this calm. Uh, as for how she came to believe in God, Michaela recalled experiencing four significant issues in her life all over the summer, uh, which she said were going really badly. Uh, she traveled to Austin, Texas, where she met a Christian guy uh, whom she shared some of the details of her struggles with. Uh, and the problem the man told Peterson was that she needed God. So Michaela was a little bit bothered by that. Like she kind of like rolled her eyes like, yeah, I mean, but, you know, what does that mean? That's so abstract. Like, so what does that mean? How do I get there? Uh, and the guy told her that she needed to ask God to reveal himself to her just earnestly in prayer. Seek God and ask him, you know, show yourself to me. Uh, that's what she did. She said she went home, she laid in her bed, uh, and she asked for God to reveal himself to her. And what happened was something that she believes to be divine is all four of her issues cleared up literally the next day. Mm. Uh, She said they were logical 
you know, conclusions. Like these things could have happened. That's, you know, it's completely logical and reasonable uh, for these four issues to be solved the way that they were. She said, but it's a little bit more than a coincidence in her mind that all four of them were solved on the exact same day, uh, one day after she had, um, you know, this conversation about coming to faith. Uh, So here, number two. She also remembered a dream that she had after questioning whether she was silly for believing in God. This was several weeks later because she said she's just kind of on a high uh, with with her faith and praying and reading her Bible and all that. She said she woke up around 531 morning after hearing what she believed to be God yelling at her. (laughs) Uh, She said that God was telling her to go all in with her faith, not this kind of like 75% in, uh, 25% out, she said, or 35% out. She said, I want you all in. Uh, so she said uh, that that she decided, okay, I'll I'll go all in on this, um, and and that's that's where she is right now. So she's still exploring it and learning about it. But it's 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 pretty cool to hear her talking about it. Uh, she's grown up learning about the Bible, even if she wasn't you know raised Christian. Her mom's a practicing Catholic, and then her dad, obviously Jordan Peterson, he's a psychologist, and he's spoken a lot about faith. Uh, he said earlier this year, Dan, too, that he's open to Christianity. He's open to faith in Jesus. Uh, He said this spring that he probably does believe in the biblical story uh, and even called aspects of the gospel undeniable. So there's certainly an openness there with him too. Uh, As far as why it matters, here's the takeaway. I think just to be praying for Michaela uh, as she continues to to walk this out and then also to be praying for her dad, uh, that maybe she can be an example to him and uh, maybe he'll come to to faith too. Yeah, that was a positive story uh, there. And it's interesting because I think if I'm not mistaken, I heard her say, mm-hmm. uh, and if you mentioned this, sorry, I missed it, but uh, is Jordan Peterson's wife Catholic? Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. So uh, clearly uh, Jordan Peterson's not, you know, militantly against faith. Obviously he's been, we've reported on it recently, kind of open to it. And yeah. so very interesting to see his daughter go that way. Um, especially when she didn't really think she was going to. So uh, very, very cool, especially because I watch a lot of Jordan Peterson stuff, and he's so logically makes a lot of good points, but it's he, he gets right up to that point where you're like, oh, he starts giving you the solution <laughs> where it's it kind of doesn't point to God. And you're like, that's what you're missing out on, my friend. It's all, you know, it's yeah. all circular at that point. You're just swimming around here in human reasoning. Um, so... <laughs> Though I think since him being sick uh, and and also COVID, the interviews that I've watched him do, he's kind of he's taken a different approach now. Like he seems to be more open ended about the possibility of God. He's yeah. referenced scripture a whole lot in his interviews, uh, and even like his famous answer is is when people ask him if he believes in God, he says that he doesn't know, but he lives as if God exists. And then he says, and I'm afraid that he does. <laughs> um, so it's certainly, he's certainly open to it. And we can just, as believers, just be praying sure. for Michaela and obviously for him that God would just continue to open his eyes as he questions and explores. Absolutely. All right. That is all the time we have for this episode of the four and three podcast. As always, for more news from a distinctly Christian perspective, head on over to faithwire.com and CBN News for a daily uh, visit. We will be back tomorrow with more. And uh, until then, enjoy the rest of your day. Have a great uh, and blessed day. And we will uh, be praying for you until we meet back here again tomorrow. God bless. See you then.